Welcome to Your Next Chapter, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the game changers and experts to tackle the next chapter of your life. Whether you want to start a business, pivot in your career, or get in the best shape of your life, I provide the guests to draw tactics, insight, and inspiration from to conquer your next chapter. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. If this is your first time listening, welcome. It's lovely to have you here on the episode today. Today's guest is Preston Smiles. I am so excited and blessed to have him as a guest on the show. When I saw Preston speak when I was out in Los Angeles, California, I knew he was someone that I had to have on the show. He's a motivational speaker. He just published his first book, Love Louder, and he has amazing YouTube videos that are so powerful and really do change lives. It's impacted my life, and I can't say enough good things about them. Ever since I came forward about being bisexual on my podcast about two months ago, I've been on this journey of self-love, and Preston is someone that I really wanted to get on the show to dive into love more because he is one of the love masters, in my opinion. So without further ado, here is... Preston Smiles. Thank you, ladies, for tuning in today with me. I got Preston Smiles on the line from Los Angeles. Preston, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and my audience. Yes, sir. Thank you. Excited to be here. I've got some amazing questions lined up for you. I always like starting off my podcast by asking all my guests, if your life was a book title, what would be the title of your book? It would be Now or Never. Now or never. Mm-hmm. And why now or never? Because that's all we got. It's either it's it's crap or get off the toilet. And life is happening now. And um, do it right now, or else don't bother at all. Yep. You might never get the chance to do it again. Yep. Yeah. Be it right now. More importantly than do it. But yes. Amazing. Uh-huh. For the people that don't know you, talk a little bit about what chapter you're in life night right now and what your life looks like on a day-to-day. Um, yeah, so what chapter I'm in, I'm in the chapter called Awesome, called Epic, called Super Fun and Challenging and Amazing, and uh, life is beautiful, life is grand, life is amazing, um, and I... I that doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm not experiencing uh, ups and downs and ebbs and flows. Um, but what it does mean is that my receptivity, my 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 perception, my understanding of the all good that is happening at all times is pretty dialed in. So I know that no matter what I'm experiencing in the human realm, that that I can't be outside of love that I can't be outside of good, that I can't be outside of God, and that all of that is perfect, and that I created it all, co-created it all with the creator, with the knower, and that if I created what I'm sitting in, let's call it anger, let's call it sadness, whatever it is, then I can easily create something new because I'm at the, at the, at the helm. I'm driving the boat. You get what I'm saying? So there, there's a, I'm in a powerful time in my life because I'm not a victim to life. Um, and that looks like, you know, I just released a book, Love Louder, um, um, with, through Simon & Schuster. I have another book coming out uh, with my fiance, Alexi Panos, soon to be wife in 10 days. Um, I'm leading workshops all over the world. We have our Bridge Method 12-week online training program happening. I'm speaking. I'm making videos for YouTube and Facebook. And all of it's the same thing for me. Everything's the same thing. I have a million things all pointing to the same thing, which is a re- being a messenger of love, reminding people of the truth of their being. That there's a part of all of us that has never been hurt, harmed, or endangered. That there's a part of all of us that is still innocent and pure. And that all we have to do is look for that and it will become, we will become it. Just in the search. You look for the beauty, you become the beauty. One of your taglines, and I love this line, it's love will always find a way. Everything else will find an excuse, yes. Yes. 
why does love always find a way? <sighs> well, you know, there, there's the philosophical answer to that, which is we can't be outside of love. So love is everything. Um, it's just a matter of our understanding of it. And then there's like the sort of go-getter, entrepreneur, hustle hard conversation, which is if you say you love it, then make a way out of no way. Because there's always a way. As long as there's breath in the body, there's always a way. So it's not a matter of choices. It's a matter of opening oneself up to the choices and then stepping in. So for me, if I say I love it, if I say I love Alexi, then I find a way out of no way to make sure that she understands that love, that she's perceiving that love. If I say I love this career that I've taken on, then I make a way out of no way when I don't want to get up, when I don't want to, you know, spend those nights, 13, 14 hour, uh, you know, sessions, writing and creating. I make a way out of no way. Amazing. How is the book launch going for you so far? How's Love Louder doing for you? Uh, it's fantastic. It's been amazing. Um, I found out some really interesting information, um, and that is that over the lifespan of a book, most, most authors don't sell more than 500 copies. That's the lifespan of a book. Wow. Um, and I'm way past that. And, you know, it doesn't matter because if two people buy the book and it's awesome and they get something from it, then it's amazing. But um, more than book sales, what I've been loving is all the people on Instagram and Facebook um, taking pictures of themselves on the beach reading it and then saying, this book is changing my life. People I don't know. You know, I, I, that stuff is like priceless for me because I, I keep getting a bunch of messages and tags like that saying, I, I just met this, found out about this guy, Preston Howes on this, you know, uh, uh, Preston Smiles on Lewis's Howes, Lewis Howes podcast and da, 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 da. And I'm, I'm getting a bunch of those. Um, so it's been beautiful. Does your publisher keep track of the data? Can they tell you exactly how many books you sold and you know exactly where you are in volume, et cetera? Yep. 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 In one of your YouTube videos that I watched recently, it was called The One Thing That Messes Us Up. You talk about how we're always searching for something. We're always looking for something. Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on finding the beauty in our lives. Mm -hmm. That sounds so simplistic to some people, you know, like just focus on the beauty. But how is that the solution in your opinion? Um, because um, energy flows where attention goes. So whatever, whatever we focus on, we give life to. And that can happen at any point. I mean, right now, my focus is on you. So I'm giving life to this conversation. But if my focus was how terrible I was as a person, how what I did when I was 14 or 15 and how I punched that kid and how I spray painted, all of those things. If my focus is on that because all those things did happen. All those fights, getting kicked out of the schools. I was a very interesting kid. Um, if my focus is on that, then I, I give that life. And I expand that. So, you know, what we appreciate appreciates. So the question is, is what is your focus on? Because where your intention and attention goes, manifestation happens, period. So we're always creating. Most people think, and they, they, they do it like this. They think that we're creating when we go sit down to create. But the truth of the matter is, is that we're always creating. When you're driving, sitting in traffic, and you're thinking about all the ways in which um, your life is terrible and that this traffic sucks and your life sucks and you hate your job and you hate your husband and all of those conversations, that's creation. And the universe, God, Buddha, Allah, Krishna, whatever name is on the door for you, doesn't give a flying pig knuckle. It says, yes, it is done unto you as you believe, as they say in the Bible. You know, so this law, the law of expectation, uh, it happens. Whatever you expect to happen will happen. Some version of it, usually. Tony Robbins always has this one thing that I hear coming up again. He talks about how there's this highway in some place in the U.S. and it's like a straight road and there's a lot of like poles along it. And he says it's phenomenal how many cars hit the pole. And basically like his thing is that people, when they're going down this highway, they start swerving out of control and losing control of the car. Like, yep. don't hit the pole, don't hit the pole. And they end up hitting the pole, yep. even though it's a straight road. And they say, like, they get reports again and again on people on, like, a straight highway hitting this pole or these poles. And exactly for that reason, just <laughs> because it's, like, what they send their attention to. And he loves, I've heard this so many times in different YouTube videos, but he loves bringing that up again and again. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, in my book, um, I speak about this. Uh, it's something called the reticular activating system. It's a part of our, our, our brain um, that the moment, let's just say I say um, red Corvette. The moment I say red Corvette and I bring some attention to that, let's say an hour later, 10 minutes later, for the next 30 days, I'll start seeing red Corvettes. It's like when you're, when you're hungry and because um, the reticular ac activating system sort of filters out everything out of the, uh, the brain that, d that um, doesn't apply to what it is that I have my attention on. So let's say, you know, that moment when you're hungry and then all of a sudden you start seeing billboards of food and you start smelling food and just food is everywhere in your, in your, in your space, you know. Um, a good example of this is in the airport. When you're walking to the airport, you know, there's all that, they're over the PA and they're like, uh, flight number 6757B is going to be... None of that matters, but the moment you hear your flight, your reticular activating system kicks in and starts to filter out all the BS and looks and searches for your name, your flight, your um, seating group. You see how that works? 100%. And yeah, Tony Robbins talks about that, where it's, yeah, it's, like, it's the red car, the red Corvette. Like, if you go to a dealership and let's say you want to buy a red Acura and like you're looking for whatever model, once you see that model, you start seeing it everywhere and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. that car is everywhere. But it was there just as much before, but you simply weren't giving your focus and attention to it. Boom. Same thing with good, with God, with love, with peace, with harmony, with joy, with abundance. It's the same thing. It's just a matter of what is, how receptive are you? Is your dial turned to 99.9 .9, or is it turned to 99.992? Because it, it, depending on where the dial is, is depending on what you're going to experience in your life. So for me, the game is to keep tapping in and seeing abundance everywhere because the moment I see abundance, I become abundance. We are vibrational beings. We know this in our science now, and our science isn't even law. The mystics have known this for thousands of years, and our science is just catching up to what sp spiritual mystics have been saying for thousands of years. Vibrational beings. So when we tap into the vibration of abundance, we can't help but attract that into our lives. You're a human being. The reality is, is that I'm going to guess you suffer, and there's days where things aren't working out for you, and you have down days. So yes. when you catch yourself, like obviously you talk about love and abundance and being in this place, but I'm going to assume the reality is you're not always there. How do you, when you catch yourself, how do you get back to it? I celebrate it instead of beat myself up. So most people, when they catch themselves, oh, I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm emotional eating. I'm overeating because so-and-so broke up with me or because things aren't going well with my kids or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. Um, we catch ourselves. Oh, I'm watching porn again. Oh, my God. Look, I'm such a terrible person. Oh, and they, and they punish themselves. So it's compounded. For me, when I catch myself drifting off, um, not being present to the beauty and the magic of life, when I catch myself, uh, I celebrate it. And I go, yes, caught another one. Now what do I choose? Ah, that's why I said now or never. Now or never. The moment you know, you have a question. You have, you, you have a, a choice. Right. Do I do it now? What do I choose now? I get what happened five minutes ago. I get what happened 30 seconds ago. What do I choose now? Oh, I choose peace. I choose love. I choose abundance. I choose joy right now. I choose to see this as, as a learning um, tool for my life. I choose to bring an awareness around it. Ah, interesting. What was I doing before that? Oh, I was scrolling through Facebook. Oh, my goodness. I started comparing myself once I saw Prince EA and I saw that he had those, you know, millions of subscribers and followers. And then I went and spiraled and I started thinking about what I should have and all of these. And then I got in the shoulds and, ah, oh, interesting. You see that? That's a, that's a real thing. That has happened to me before. It's happened to me, 100%. You start going down the Instagram feed or the Facebook feed yes. and you're like, you see like a hot girl, like, oh, it's like, I want that girl. And then you just start going through it and then you're kind of like, why don't I have that in my life? And you start pointing out all the things that you don't have in your life. And you're like, oh, friend. And like, it's funny because there's times when I've caught myself in the moment and like people are like taking those photos and I'm like, I know this is going to end up on Instagram or Facebook. Like, this is the moment that you see and yeah. sometimes you miss. And it's ironic when you're like, just experience it and be in that moment because it's like, when you're actually in it, you don't realize that it's like, that's what you want and what you're hungry for sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely.
Javon and I, he always tells me, he's like, if you're going to tell yourself a story, tell yourself a story that empowers you, right? It's like, tell a story that serves you because I think when you start having that negative self-talk and you catch it, it's, you know, there's no point, like you said, about beating yourself up about it and being down on it. Rather, it's like, just be aware of it and now let's talk about a story that's going to empower you. Yeah, absolutely. You talked a bit about this earlier. When you were younger, you weren't this like loving, caring guy. And you said this in one of your YouTube videos, how to like deal with mean people. Like you had more of a bravado, you were a tougher guy. Uh-huh. What shifted? How did you go from being this guy that got kicked out of school, was causing fights, spray painting stuff, to the person that you are today? Um, you know, it's the same energy. I just use it differently. I have an awareness that we, both, that we all have masculine and feminine energy. And I choose to dance in it. And I choose to um, continue to have choices. I, I, I've made a decision that I, that I get to have choices in this lifetime. And that I get to continue to open the doors of perception to see the face of God everywhere I go. And so in that, um, it has supported me in softening my heart. It supported me in not... And here's the big thing. For me, it's not taking things so personal. You know, we, we get so serious, man. Everybody's so damn serious trying to get to the top of the mountain, trying to make the money, trying to get the girl, get the guy. Everybody's trying. They're just so serious on the way. And for me, I, I've got, because I've went so far that way, because I've been so um, angry and, and um, depressed and, and because I've been to the bottom of the barrel, I have, um, let's say, a, a bigger capacity you know, because where, the, where there's a lot of darkness, there's also a lot of light. And so, same kid, different. I'm, I'm using the energy differently. Same energy. I was always a leader. I was a leader in a gang. I was a leader on the basketball court. I was a leader. Just how I'm using the energy now is different. You know, I still tap into that. Some people watch my videos and they go, yo, you, you are fired up sometimes. <laughs> and I am. That's the same energy I used to use to fight. You know, to do crazy stuff. To do negative stuff. Now you use it for positive. Yep. You Just flip generally. that fuel around for good as opposed to evil. Yeah. I don't think I would call it evil back then, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playful fun? What would you call it? <laughs> um, I'd call it uh, self-exploration. And uh, sometimes, yes, it was at the, at the cost of other people, which, you know, is... Uh, we would uh, label it terrible, um, but I'm not sure. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm really grateful uh, for some of the people who've been mean to me. Mean, you know. I'm really grateful for uh, the people who've broken up or cheated on me. I'm really grateful for those things um, because it, it, I gained perspective out of it. I got to see where I was in my own consciousness based on those events. So, you know, not excusing anybody or even myself for stealing from liquor stores and all of those things. But I got to see myself, and I'm sure the person who I stole from or fought got to see themselves as well. And for me, I don't believe in mistakes. I don't think that there's a hair on your head that's a mistake, just like anything that has happened on the planet. There are no mistakes, and I have no regrets. Um, but the question is, back to it, powerful questions, powerful answers. The question is, is what do I choose now? And for me, I choose to love louder. I choose to turn the volume up on my love. I choose to amplify my love in a way in which I become a flame, a forest fire that people cannot, cannot deny. That when they see me and they see my life, they see God, they see love, they see pure beauty. And they go, what is he on? And I reflect and re I, I support them in seeing their own genius. I just got fired up then too. I, it just comes out sometimes. <laughs> Just channels through you. I love it. Does. it. I love it watching you get fired up. It's amazing. It gets yep. me more fired up. Yep. You've mentioned a bit about spirituality. You obviously believe in a greater being, but I'm guessing you don't subscribe to one religion. So what do you believe in? Like if somebody asks, like, you know, you believe in God, how do you answer that question? <sighs> yes. Um, I would say that I believe in, uh, or I know, I know God um, through, through my breath. I know God through the pitter-patter of my heart. Through I know life God. force. Yeah, I know it through everything. 
Um, I don't believe that there is a God that would separate itself and say, actually, uh, this is my gang and we are right about everything. And if you don't honor me and bow to me, then you, that's a jealous God. I don't believe in a jealous God. I don't believe in in a God that needs us to praise it all the time because all I, this is my belief. This doesn't have to be anybody else's, but my belief is, is that God wants to know itself as us. And then all in the same token, we can't be separate from it. So in Christianity, when they say in the Bible, when it says made in the spiritual image and likeness of God, they're not talking about a dude with a, with a penis. They're talking about spiritual image. God is in everything and everyone. And so for me, no separation, man. God, God is me as me through me, all of it, everybody. I'm no better than the fish or the cows, or you, or anybody else. We are all manifestations of the Most High. I share with you the exact same insight. I believe that there's a greater being, but I don't subscribe to one religion. And it always was for me when I was younger. You know, like if you're born in a certain part of the world, there's an odds that you were Muslim, Jewish, yeah. or Christian just based on where you're geographically born, yeah. right? So it's like, well, how can, like, I was born Catholic, so, like, did I win the lottery? And it's like, I got the right religion. It's like, yeah. it's like, and then the Jews, the Muslims, and the rest got screwed over. It's like, that doesn't seem very fair at all, right? It's like, it's like, and they go to hell, and I don't, because I was, it's like, it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, if God is so great in his power and his almightiness, it's like, yeah. it's just about being a greater being, and like, you know, being a good person. Like you said, God is reflection through all of us, and there's that spiritual ability. We all have the choice to tap into it. It's just a question of, do we want to tap into it or not? Yes, yes. And even if you don't, it's still there. <laughs> it's always there for your access, and you yep. have the choice to access it or not. Yep. There's people listening right now, and they can choose to access it or not. It's like, and they're going to get off this podcast, and they can be like, hey, do I want to tap into this or not? And it's going to call them, and they have that choice every single day. Absolutely. Loving it. Loving the conversation. We talked a bit about how I wrestled my sexuality prior to this, and I talked mm-hmm. to you about how I was bisexual. So one thing I've been doing a lot is nourishing myself and doing a lot of self-love. You talk about loving others, but yeah. how does Preston Smiles love himself? Because you put out all this energy into the world. Yes. You need to, I'm going to guess at some point you need to love yourself a little bit. How do you do that? Yeah, not just a little bit, a lot. Um, <laughs> and that's a part of it, though. My, I understand the universal law of circulation, that the getting is in the giving, um, and that, um, as Mr. Shakespeare reminds us in Romeo and Juliet, when Juliet says, and she's speaking about Romeo, my bounty is as boundless as the sea, my love as deep. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. The more I give to thee, the more I have, for both are infinite. Uh, what, what Shakespeare is talking about is this, this um, undying stream of goodness that's always flowing. You know, back to it. Everything is energy. It's always circulating. Nothing is static. Nothing is here. It's always moving. And um, I get that and therefore don't try to block my flow by hoarding my love or my gifts or my talents or anything of that nature. It's here for everybody. So that's a form of self-love for me. Now, on another practical note, for me, I schedule and play every single day. Every single day, I'm skateboarding, biking, surfing, walking through nature, meditating, doing something called a gratitude kata. I'm reading. I'm staring at a tree for however long I need to, I schedule it in. Just like people schedule in everything else, sleep and everything else, play is a part of my life. And so it supports me and helps me, A, tap into my creativity. B, um, it reminds me that we're all big kids and that I don't need to take this stuff too serious. It's all fantastic and it's amazing and it's powerful and I'm so grateful that I get to have this life and I get to be my own boss and I get to create my own rules and all that good stuff, but I don't get to take this stuff too seriously. Because for me, and I'm not sure if you've ever had this gift, but I've been with people when they've taken their last breath. I've been with people when they've taken their bloody last breath and that will change your life forever. You get that gift? I know a lot of people have seen people born And that's a beautiful gift as well. We celebrate when life comes, but we don't necessarily celebrate when life goes. And I've seen people take the last one. And that has done something to me. A, I had to get over the the goriness of it. But after that, it's like, oh my goodness. What, What a gift we have in this thing called breath. Nothing else matters on that last one, but another one. 
Nothing else matters when you're going to take that last breath but another one. If you, the only thing that matters is that. And so it's an even playing field at that point. Your cars, your, your iPhones, your you know, status and all of that stuff goes out the window when you don't have breath, when you don't have health, when you don't have, you know, when you're not experiencing love now. Now, like now. And so, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's great. But who the fuck cares? Like, it doesn't, you know. If you're I'm not, not breathing, it doesn't matter. One it doesn't matter, dude. Like, I am happy to be alive. Like, really happy. There was this, I used to coach tennis for, like, 12 years, and there was this one guy I worked with, and I asked him, like, how's it going today? He's like, another day in paradise. And that was his response yeah. every single day. And, like, yeah, yeah. this is when I lived in British Columbia, Vancouver, and in the winter, like, it would downpour, and yeah. it could be, like, spitting rain outside or just trench, whatever it was, and he'd always be like, another day in paradise. And I'm just like, like, how do you have this attitude? I'm just like, and it blew me away. But he was just, like, consistent with it and just, like, always happy, always a smile on his face. Yeah. It's a choice, though, right? And it's It is. It is. And that doesn't mean that we get to um, do what some people call a spiritual bypass where we, oh, I'm happy, I'm happy. And all the while, internally, we're going through it. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. When I have down days or moments, I honor those. You know, there's nothing, in, there's nothing on the planet that wasn't intended here. Nothing. Like I said, not a hair in your eyebrow or your head, nor sadness, anger, um, all of those things are human expressions. So I'm not necessarily trying to get high on good all the time or chasing the good, trying to make sure that I'm always good. No, I, I honor life and I also get that I have a choice in it. So when sadness is up for me, I, I, I honor sadness and I, I let myself go through what it means to be sad. And then I make a new choice. And when anger is up, I, 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 I let anger be up, and I, huh, what's that? Look at that. Look how my shoulders are. Woo, look at this. I got a lot of energy right now. And I go box, or I go, you know, do some push-ups, or I go make a video. Woo, you know, and I, I just let it out. But I don't, I don't punish the anger. I don't punish the sadness. I don't punish myself for being in those spaces, because that's human. We're all human. Like, that, it's a part of the game. Well, as you say, like, one of the biggest struggles I learned in sexuality, like, when I felt attraction towards men... Mm-hmm. I would always punish myself for those feelings. I'm like, why did God make me so? And especially growing up in a Catholic household where it's like, yes. where it's like, you know, a man marries a woman and that's yes. it. And so I was like, and you know, and I get started when I was 14 and these feelings would come and go. And I was always just like, why do these feelings come? And I could never figure it out. Just like, and I tried like different things to suppress them. And like, but it eventually like, you know, I could turn it off for a bit, but it always come back. And it got right. to the point where I had to like, I need to explore this. I'm like, I was born with this for a reason. And it's like, I can't, keep neglecting this side of me and even though there was a lot of shame like that I created my own head around it it was a journey I had to go on but it's the important thing to remember like you know when you feel certain things there's no shame and not with it and there's no need to judge it and that took me a really long time to understand absolutely man and good on you thank you for that thank you for choosing to step into something that most people a lot of people are still hiding from you are a pioneer you are sitting on the leading edge of that experience because you're not alone I know that because I've talked to bisexual men and it's like their partners don't know. And it's like, and that found me, that was really hard for me. It's like the honesty is so important to me. And when people are dishonest and I'm like, how can you be dishonest with your partner when it's like you have this whole life, like a whole other side of you. It's like, and maybe they know a bit about it, but it's like, I'm so big on transparency. And when they don't do that, it's just like, that really was like, that's not how I want to live my life. That's not how I'm going to choose to live my life. Amazing. Amazing. Because there's somebody for everybody, somebodies with an S, somebodies for everybody. And, you know, if somebody doesn't align with the way you live or the way you choose to love, then all good. Deuces. You know, like, that's all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. And, but, you know, that's, that's an easy thing to say, um, but not, not necessarily in our society. Because here's the thing. I was the dude that would be like, shut up, faggot, to my friends, you know. I don't act like a little bitch. You know, like these are the conversations I would have. I was that super hyper masculine macho kid that was not, um, that was taught not to cry, that was ca- taught to use rage and anger to solve anything. I was that dude. And now I'm the dude that will cry in seconds. Like now, I'm, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like, I get the society you grew up in. I was the kid. The, the one that 
and, 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 you know, to my credit, I always had this um, sort of soft space for anybody who was different or quote-unquote weird because when I was a kid, I was taken out of regular classes with 30 kids and placed in a special education class. And from that point forward, I made, you know, I'm 9, 10, 11 years old. I made a, convers- I made a story up about myself that I was stupid, that I was a dumb one, that I wasn't regular or normal like everybody else, not knowing that I, had, I was dyslexic and they, they couldn't catch that. Um, but either way, from that point forward, um, I, I would befriend the nerds and bully the bullies. So I was that dude that was, you know, super macho and all that stuff. But if a bully was bullying somebody, I was the dude that ran to the, to the, ner- the nerds uh, rescue. So um, because I felt like an outsider as well, just pretending like I was an insider, you know, which is what most people are doing on this planet right now. They're all trying to fit in to what society says is cool. They're watching the Kardashians. They're listening to the same music. And they're all on the same little uh, treadmill. All on the same wavelength, yeah. Yep. Buying the same message again and again. Yep. And, you know, some corporations and things of that nature are really excited about that. But this is why your podcast is important. This is why the work that you do and the work that I do and anybody else who chooses to step in in this way is so important. One that really fascinates me and I want to get your opinions is change, right? You know, like change is something you talked about. We're all energy and the world is constantly moving and things are changing constantly. But yes. we fear change. So we're not natural to come into our change. Yeah. Darwin said, and it's one of my favorite quotes, you know, it's not the strongest species, it's not the fastest species that survives. It's the species that's more adaptable to change. Yes. And so now we live in an age where technology is changing so fast and things are speeding up. But it still seems like people are so hesitant to new messages or changing, unless it's coming from the mainstream, from like yes. a very dialed-in place that they almost have this blind trust in. Absolutely. Why are we so like we're hardwired? Like, why do we have such a hard time for change? Why is that, in your opinion? Um, I mean, this is a super long conversation, but I'll start here. Um, most of us have been um, trained the same way that they train German shepherds, Rottweilers, and poodles. Most of us have been domesticated like dogs. So um, by the time we're nine, ten years old, we're already so in, um, we've already took the bait. Right. Yeah, it's it's done at that point. Not done, but like they got you, right. you know, because you're a, you know a helpless little child, and then there's all these adults in this society, and everybody, commercials and TV and church and mother and father and sister and brother and kids at school, and everybody's pumping the same thing. Win, win, win. Competition, competition. Win, win, win. You know, and anybody who steps outside of that gets annihilated. So why would you ever step outside of it? You know, like the kids, you know, I remember uh, in college at LSU, there were some guys who were on the football team. And they used to, when I would, I had a blonde mohawk and I used to ride around this pink skateboard. And they'd be like, they'd yell little things under their breath like faggot. And, you know, like just all kind of stuff. Right. And. You know, what was interesting was, was you know, that's not my, that's not my thing. If, if I was bisexual or gay or anything of that nature, I would be that to the fullest. But that's not my thing. But what's interesting is, is that some of them were, but they were hiding it. So here are these big, giant, buff football players who were hiding that they liked men as well. And, like, I find that so interesting that it's easy as a mob mentality to make fun of the, the California crazy kid and call him a faggot and anything else you can, but you don't want to step in as a man and own who it, what it is that you, you prefer, you know? And like most of society is operating like that. They're afraid to step out because they don't want to get mobbed. They don't want to get uh, talked about. Or, and for me, it all goes back to the, you know those very formative years. And our parents did the best that they could from where they could. They taught us the best that they could from where they could. And now it's a new, uh, a new way. A new way is emerging. And you're a part of that new way. I'm a part of that new way. And most of the people listening to this podcast are a part of that new way. We have been called here to shift the paradigm, to shake and wake the planet up in a way that it has never been done before. And the internet is supporting that like a mug. So I'm super excited and grateful for the opportunity to be one of those people 100, 500, 600 years from now that they say went in for society. They will say, you know what? 
They used to call each other names and kill each other over their religion, over their race, over their sexuality. Are you kidding me? But this dude, Preston, and this whole crew of people came out of the woodworks and they said, love is all there is. And they stood in it and nobody could stop them. Woo, let's go. There's this, uh, I'm not sure if you know who Howard Marks is, but he runs Oak Tree Capital. He's known as one of the best bond investors in the world. And he's got mm. this post, it's a blog post, it's called Dare to be Great. And he talks about if you want to be one of the top investors, what you'd have to do. But I feel it's very comparable to life. Yeah. There's five points, but there's two of them that really always stand out to me. It's like, you have to be willing to look lo- look wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you have to like, if you are wrong, you have to be able to sit in that too, right? And that's yes. two big reasons why people, I think like you talked about, don't step outside the mainstream because like it takes a lot of courage and strength just to step, just to be willing to look wrong. Yes. And then when you do look wrong, it ha- it's another level of courage to sit in that place and be like, all right, I made some mistakes, but you adjust from that point, right? And those yes. are the two main things that really stood out to me, why people just don't take that leap sometimes. Absolutely, man. Yes, those who um, position themselves and, and, and risk it all, position themselves to gain it all. And so you know, your relationship with risk is everything. Because, you know, risk is, is a conversation. It's not real. You know, like this could be a risk talking to you, right? but it's not real, you know, it's just a conversation. So if I constantly push up against my edges, you know, like I made that video analysis paralysis that kind of blew up on the internet. That video was about if you know that you live from a four or five, my challenge to you is to move to a six, seven, is to put yourself in a position where you're living from a six, seven just today. And then see what happens if you do it another day and another day and another day and you start stacking those and you start risking so, so much that you, you trend stack. And at some point, your normal becomes an eight, nine where you just live from is there. Right. Yeah. Tim Ferriss has a great take on risk. He's like, he's always like, draw your worst case scenario. And he just like paint a very detailed picture of it. And he says, the thing people is like, is it permanently irreversible so like if you let's say start a business and you quit your job and then you go out and your business doesn't succeed it's like can you go back to where you started from and the answer 90% of the time is yes you can always go back to that job or a similar job and so when you take risks it's like he talks about permanent risks it's like well permanently affect you because most things we can always go back and correct but most people don't look at that way they just see the initial risk and that fear in itself is enough to hold them back yes absolutely absolutely I want to talk to you about love and your relationship with Alexi because you talk so much about love and I want to talk to you about in a relationship, you're getting married, you have a fiance. Yes. How did you know Alexi was the one for you? What was it about her that really made you say, this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? Mm. Um, That keeps happening every day. That happens all the time, man. But initially, um, some people know this story. It's kind of a long story, so I'll make it as short as possible. Um, there was a point when I made a decision that I was calling in the one, that I was calling in my queen. And so I did six months of celibacy. I came out of that. I started dating. And when I started dating, I was dating from a different place now because I wasn't letting my penis run the show. And because I had kept all that energy in my chi, um, I just naturally started vibrating higher. So I wasn't just attracting really beautiful, amazing powerhouse women. I was attracting really beautiful, amazing powerhouse people. Everybody in my circle was like killing it. And I was like, oh, interesting. I'm on to something here. And so um, I started dating and I received a message from a friend who said, I'm in London and I just met the female version of you. She is uh, dating my friend and um, I think you guys are gonna work together. I'm gonna put you in a message. So he put me in a message. I looked at the person's profile. I said, wow, she's beautiful. She does similar work. Awesome. Hey, I'm Preston. If you're ever in LA, hit me up. Done. Right? Now, fast forward to two weeks later, uh, I have a blind date set up. The date comes. She knocks on my door. I open the door. The moment I see her, I know it's not her. Now, what I'm not telling you, and I just forgot this, is the day before I woke up, and you can find this on the internet right now. You can find it. I woke up the day before out of a dead sleep, 6 a.m. <gasps> And I said, she's coming. I knew, 
I knew for a fact that my one, my queen, was coming. I knew she was coming soon, too. And so I posted on Instagram and Facebook, two wolves kissing. And the, the, the caption said, I can feel her coming, dot, 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 hashtag wifey, um, hashtag the queen is on her way. You can find this right now. This gave so, me chills, by the way, because I totally believe this. It's like, I'm yes. sure it's on there, yeah. So um, I put that. The next day, the blind date comes. She opens the door. I open the door. I look at her. I know it's not her. But I had been doing enough work, spiritual work, to know not to try to rush and kick her out. So I invited her upstairs. Um, she went and used my restroom. I went into my room, and I got on my knees, and I prayed. And I asked spirit, God, should I go? And it said yes, a resounding yes. And I was like, really? It's like, yes. So I get dressed. We already bought tickets. I get there. Uh, we get in the car. We start driving. Every single red light, every red light on the way to the show, I hit. And there was a point where I was getting super frustrated. I'm like, what is happening? And then I remembered all the people at 9-11 who missed their flights. Then I remembered all the people who left the building right before the Trade Center got hit to go get coffee for their workers and things of that nature. So I, I, I got it, right? So I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm a chill. Something's happening. So we get to the show. They say, we oversold the show by 10 seats because you're late. Um, you're going to have to stand on the wall. So I said, okay, that's fine. The guy turns around, takes a few steps, stops in his tracks, turns back around, looks at my date and I and says, actually, you two, come here. I'm going to put two more seats down on the front row. This dude sits my chair down. He sits my date's chair down. I look, I sit down, she sits down. I look at the stage. I look at my date. I look at the stage. I look back at my date and next to her is Alexi. And I have this moment where I was like, oh shit, like just internal, like, whoa. And I was like, Alexi? And she was like, Preston? And I'm like, I thought you lived in London. And she's like, no, I live in LA. I just flew in. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Like I was like, in my head, I was like, oh my goodness. This is the, the morning. This is the one is on her way. And I was just, all of it was like swirling all in this moment. And my date's in the middle the whole time, kind of doing like this the whole time. <laughs> and we're like, so like, it's good to see you. And like the whole show. I just kept like peeking over and looking at her, looking at her calf because she had this dress on and just a little sliver of her calf was coming out. And like, um, that was enough for you. That's all, that, you, that's that, all that skin you had to see. Exactly. That was the first time that I was like, oh, this is her. And I didn't even really know her at that point, but I knew it was her. And, you know, men are very simple in that way. We're clear. When we're clear, we're clear. Yep. When, we, when we decide we're going over there, we're going over there. And so I had dated enough and I had met enough people to understand what was happening and that the universe was uh, setting something up because it was, it was too many things had to go right and wrong for us to be in the same place at the same time. Um, and it was just perfect. At the start of the story, you said you were calling in your queen. You were holding on to your chi. What do yes. you mean by you're holding on to your chi? I want to know more about that. Oh, yeah. So I, I made a decision that I was going to be celibate and... That meant no jacking off, no nothing. That meant everything stays in me. That That's exactly mom, what I thought it was, but I yes. wanted to really clarify. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. And so how long did you go for? Six months. Six months. Yeah. No orgasms, nothing. No. Wow. No. Yeah. It was interesting. So s certain, I don't know what you use cultures, but um, belief systems believe that when we hold our chi, it's also creative energy, right? The sexual energy and yes. creative energy is the exact same life force. Yes. In that six months, did you find that you were equally, like you were more creative than normal? Um, I found that I had a serious amount of energy that could be placed anywhere. Like it was just, I, I was floating. And there was a point, you know, there's many points because here's the deal. You know, I don't, I choose not to drink alcohol either or um, things of that nature. So I'm going on, I think it was August, uh, August 2012 is when I stopped. Um, so it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and, you know, initially, and I'm talking about alcohol and sex, initially um, that can be a tricky thing because, you know, what most people don't understand is like for me, for me, and if I could be candid here, I usually jacked off when I felt uncomfortable with myself. I usually jacked off when there was something going on in my life that I couldn't deal with or handle. Right. 
And most people right now go to Tinder and swipe and swipe and swipe and look for hookups because there's something happening in their life that they can't handle, that they can't hold. And so being in that process of, of choosing not to, I had to sit in the discomfort. But sitting in that discomfort created space because I got to see what was actually there instead of numbing it out with alcohol, sex, drugs, or anything else. And this is what our society does. So for me, I got to sit in it. And in sitting in it, I got, to, I got to be with it in a powerful way and move through it. And through moving through it, I got more space, more energy. And in that energy, I started to attract different people and I started to use it in a different way. And I started to play with these energies, you know, these archetypes, king, queen, warrior, lover, fool, magician. You know, I got to play with these things. Right. Um, and, you know, the rest is history, man. It was awesome. It was amazing. But the, and yeah, I agree. We we numb, we escape from so many things. I remember when I was in school, it's like I would when I had major assignments and I was like doing like these long essays for university, it's like I would jerk off as a form of procrastination, right? It's just like one step yep. where just you wanted to avoid what you had to do in front of you. And yes. it's easy to, you know, just turn to something else, escapism, as opposed to sitting with what you have to sit with. Absolutely. Yep. Real talk. Bridge experience, bridge method. Talk a bit about what that is for people that don't know what you and Alexia are doing in the world. Yes. Give me the rundown. Yes. So the bridge method is a 12-week online training program designed to support people um, from it's it's a it's a living bridge, a bridge from the head to the heart, a bridge from where you are to where you deserve to be. And so we go through three st three modules: the mind, body, and soul. Um, body is broken down into emotional body and physical body. Um, and we just meticulously, because we understand that small hinges swing big doors, that little bites every day have you create something or clear the plate without even knowing. So the bridge method is designed like a ramp, like a skateboard ramp, you know, and, and it just keeps building or like a roller coaster where you just keep getting higher and higher. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you don't even know it because it's every day. You know, we just keep chipping away until we have the David. We just keep chipping away until we have Mount Rushmore. And then you look up and you go, whoa, I didn't know I created that. Whoa, I'm living from a whole different place. So that's what the bridge method is. 12-week online training program. Anybody can buy it right now. It's amazing. We made it super cheap so people can actually do it. Um, and then there is the bridge experience, which is our experiential workshop. Uh, Lexi and I lead it. It's amazing. It's powerful. It's one gigantic setup for you to see yourself. So no matter how smart or intellectual someone is, there's no out. There's no way out of it. If if I was in my own workshop, my stuff would come up because it's it's super intense and there's no way out. We set you up at all levels from the moment you walk in the door. It's a setup for you to see yourself. Because we understand that you can't intervene in a world you truly cannot see. So most people want change, but they only want to change the leaves. They don't understand that if you change the roots, you change the whole, the whole tree. And so we work at the roots and go deep. You get right at the core of it. Yes. Deep down. Yes. There's no fucking around to you guys. You guys are not going to leave anything. No stone unturned. You guys are going to no. open all the doors. When you get in there, you guys are yep. going all in. We go hard, man. We are a, a hell of a team, for sure. Well, and Bill Gates always said, like, if you want to fix most problems, you got to do, you know, just turn it on or off, right? So it sounds like you guys are doing a reset of the human system. And, you know, yes. like, if there's all these things that we've been conditioned for so long, the reality is, like, we need a reboot. But we're yes. not a machine that just plugs on or off. So, you know, you got to find people like you and Alexi that can help you reboot the system. So it's Absolutely. amazing what you guys are doing. I love you both. And I've, you know, the things I've seen on YouTube from you guys is amazing. And so, yeah, keep on doing the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, my man. Any last words you want to leave with the audience? Anything you want to say or advice you want to give before we wrap up here? Um, I love you. You're amazing. Um, if anything that I said in this sparked your attention, find me at PrestonSmiles.com or just go straight to Amazon or Barnes & Nobles and buy this book. Um, it's pretty packed with amazing uh, tips and tools and insights. Um, this one, I just opened this up. Stop trying to make everyone happy. You know, this is, uh, I'm a recovering people pleaser. There's so much stuff in here that will support you. So um, if any of this stuff sparked your interest, find me. I love you. I appreciate you. You're doing the damn thing. We're all in this together. It's amazing. Ah, it's awesome. Life is good. Just ah, take it. Bite it. <laughs> cool. And I'll put 
links to all your YouTube stuff that we talked about and the book and so that way people will have easy access to it. If they want to find more, they can check it out. And I recommend everyone go watch at least one Preston Smiles YouTube video because they're all amazing. Boop, boop, boop. Thank you, sir. Thank you for your time today. Appreciate it. Wow, what a conversation with Preston Smiles. There's one thing I want to point out that me and Preston talked about earlier on in the podcast. When Preston talked about celebrating your emotions versus beating yourself up, I want to start creating mental models for you and emotional models for you where you have a point of reference to go back to when you're struggling with something in your life. I feel this is a great place to start off. When I asked Preston about when he experiences negative emotions, he said most people, when they catch themselves emotionally eating, as he put it, whether that be being depressed, angry, going on a breakup, or watching porn, or feeling guilty, whatever it may be for you, is they beat themselves up about it. And I found this so interesting how he embraces it. The words that he uses, he celebrates it. And that's the important distinction is we have to celebrate all our emotions, the good and the bad. Because when we experience bad emotions, if we judge ourselves for them, we only create a vicious cycle where we hold on to the pain as opposed to letting it wash through us. So the longer we stay with our negative emotions, the more they dwell within us. This is the point I want to leave you guys with. Remember to celebrate your emotions, whether it's good or bad. When you catch a bad one, as Preston was saying, celebrate it. And what are you going to choose next? Because every moment, like he said, now or never, we have a choice to move through it or accept it as it is. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I appreciate your attention and time. If this is your first time here, jump onto my email list, get the latest episodes sent to you. You can do that on my website, philipsrecy.com. If this episode resonated with you, I ask that you share with one friend or someone who can benefit from it. Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to having you on the show next time.